Welcome to Holy Savior Sermons, bringing you the weekend sermons given at Holy Savior Church. It's called God and Money. So we do that this morning. Just one quick note, make sure that if you, when you walked in, hopefully you got a card like this. If you didn't get a card like this, um, I could ask him again if somebody would raise their hand that you could walk a card to them. So there's at least one hand here, and there's a hand back in the back back there, and a couple hands up front. So cool. Thanks, Kim, for doing that. And, and most of you got that. So as we talk about God and money, money, I don't know about you. How many of you ever think about money? A few of you, there's a lot of few of you that, that don't. So I want you to know that once you did not raise your hand, that you don't think about money, you are part of the one um, and, and uh, less than that. One in four Americans say that, that most of us, most of us think about money a lot. In fact, we think about money more than we think about anything else throughout the day. Anything else. With the exception of this age bracket of like 18 to 24 years of age, where it says that they think a little more about love and their love life than they do money. Now they do not think about money, just think more about love. And then those on the other age bracket, which they didn't quite define that, so I don't know where that's at, but those who are more advanced in years start thinking a little more about their health. But yet, for those of you who are in that bracket, you may also realize thinking about your health is also a financial worry as well. In fact, some 94% of Americans say that, that, you know, when I think about money, I think about my financial situation, it causes me the most stress in life. I mean, money is so much a part of fabric of the way that we live our lives. We can't help but think about money, especially in the current economic situation. So we're going to explore God and money because, well... God is a part of our life, and money's a part of our life, and God cares about us. He cares about you. And often, our relationship with money, you know, has a way of, of being a part of our relationship with God and, and vice versa. God and money. And, and, and as we do that, you know, it, it makes me think about flying in an airplane. Not because t- tickets are expensive. They are expensive. But when I think about flying in an airplane, I don't know how many of you have ever flown before? How many of you prefer the window seat? How many of you prefer the aisle seat? How many of you love the middle seat? <laughs> yeah, nobody goes, Tim raises his hand. You know, the middle seat is like, that is not the seat that you want. You know, a number of years ago when I was flying, you know, I didn't have the option. I got the ticket I got, and the ticket I got was the middle seat. And of course, I was also one of the very last ones to board. So that meant the people that had the aisle seat and the window seat were already there. They had staked out their claim. And in fact, I think they bought those seats thinking, you buy the window, I'll buy the aisle seat. And guess what? Nobody wants the middle seat except when the plane is full. And there's no option for James to go to except for the middle seat. And so you get there with your luggage and you look at the folks and say, yeah, excuse me, that's, I, I got that seat there. And they give you the kind of look like, oh. <sighs> the guy, you know, gets up. You know, and, and the two people sitting there, they're, they're, they're broader, bigger than, than I am. And, and, and so get out of the seat, and I get there, and I get to shove the one bag, you know, underneath real quick. And before I even get back to sit up and, like, get a little space, guess what they did? Yeah, you know, they spread out. They stake their claim. You're not getting my seat. And so thankfully, I, I'm not as broad as they were, but it was a decent flight, and I sat for the whole flight like this. 
you know, I'm like, can't hardly breathe. I'm not usually claustrophobic, but come on. I mean, sometimes that's the way money and finances feels like. You know, we like, I, I, I wish I, I, if I could have gone somewhere else, if they were to say, hey, we have seats available, I'd have been like, I'm there. But I was willing to go, but there was, there was nowhere else for me to go. I wasn't able to go anywhere else. I had to sit right there. Now, another time I flew, this was last summer, I was on my way home from being on a mission trip, working in the Czech Republic in Poland, teaching English. And, you know, I was flying home by myself. And already a day late because I, I left a day earlier than I usually do, just in case it got delayed. Got delayed. And finally, like, I'm on the plane. I'm going home. And this time I decided I'm going to spend a little bit more money because I want to claim my seat this time. You know, for like 35 bucks, I, I got an aisle seat. And then the stewardess came and said, sir, I'm like, yeah, would you be willing to um, give up your seat? You see, the two people you're sitting next to, I'm like, oh, yeah, these are two kids. Yeah, their, their dad would like to sit next to them. And I'm like, oh, I'm a dad. I, I know what that's like. I mean, I want to sit with my kids. I'm like, all right, you know, yeah, I, I mean, I can give up my seat, and I understand that I'm willing and I'm able to do that. Now, thankfully, Dad was just one seat in front of me, so basically just swapped, and I still got my, you know, aisle seat. But again, it's a lot like that we think about, you know, money and, and God and money and its relationship in our lives. And so there are two key terms we're going to kind of explore throughout this series is these terms are willing and enable. In fact, they're on the card here. And we'll get to that card later on. So if you're anxious, like, what are we going to do with the card? What are we going to do with the card? Just, just, just wait. We'll get to it. But willing and able. So let's define willing. One way to define willing is this. You want to do something or you are ready to do something. So like, willing. You know, I was willing to give up my seat because I understood, you know, this is a dad. It was even more willing when I realized he was right in front of me. But, you know, I was willing to give up my seat. And then able. So able is defined as this. Able is you have the power, skill, or resource to do something. Again, you know, I had a seat that I could, you know, offer up in exchange for the dad's seat. So I was willing and able to do that. So as we explore, you know, God and money, we're going to explore again these terms and in this relationship to our understanding of our relationship with God and our relationship with money and, and how the two of these, you know, kind of sometimes intermix with each other. But let's talk about this, this guy named Jesus. You know, maybe you've heard of Jesus before. You know, Jesus was teaching large crowds of people, as he often did. And they gathered around more and more people, and he's at the Lake of Gethsemane, which is also called the Lake of Galilee or Sea of Galilee. The crowds are pressing in, and he sees these fishermen who are cleaning their nets. And, and, and the reason they clean their nets is because, well, it's like a lot of other daily chores. Or those of you who grew up maybe on a farm, you have certain chores you do every day. Because if you don't do them, what happens? Things pile up or things don't work after a while. So they're cleaning their nets. It's a daily chore. And so you see these guys, you know, there's Peter and his brother Andrew. And then off in another boat, there's James and John. You know, they're cleaning their nets. And Jesus sees them and sees the boat floating there. And he goes to Simon Peter and says, hey, Simon, can I climb inside your boat? And can you kind of cast off just a little bit? And basically what Jesus was doing was, was creating this kind of floating pulpit, you know, from where he was going to preach from. And just a quick side note, you know, the kind of scientific things with auditory things is that what happened is because they probably were kind of, the crowd was sitting up on a hill and the water kind of, you know, became like a place where the voice would ricochet. It had allowed his voice to amplify to the crowds. 
And so Jesus is continuing his preaching, his teaching to the people. And, you know, Simon's like, sure, you know, I am willing to do this. And I am able to do this because I have a what? I have a boat. I'm willing and able. No big deal. I'll cast off a little bit. You can do that. Probably keep cleaning my nets and I'll listen. You know, kind of like for those of you who could watch a show and crochet or something like that. I'd poke myself, you know. Or a little earlier, a few of us were talking about like running and like, can you, can you like run in a treadmill and watch Netflix? You know, and like, I don't usually, I, I got to pay attention to what I'm doing because when I don't pay attention to what I'm doing on a treadmill, that's why you had the little clip that it stops when you go flying. But Peter, he, you know, Simon Peter was willing and able because, you know, he had the resource and it was this easy thing. Push out a little bit, Jesus is preaching. And after a while, Jesus, you know, turns to him and says, hey, Simon, would you push out further into the deep waters and let down your net for a catch? Have you ever had a really, really long day? You know, one of those days where you just want to come home, kick your shoes off, you're like, I'm just done. And then, you know, your wife, your husband, your kids, you know, somebody sends you a text and they've got a request. You get that kind of have you ever felt like that before? A few of you have. Most of you haven't. Just wait. I will text you. I'll give you something to do. You know, the moment, I've had those moments. You're like, it's been a long day. It's, it's, I just want to put my feet up and let my feet just breathe and relax a little bit. And then it's like, oh, I got to go do this. And I think it's kind of what Peter was like. You know, Jesus was like, hey, would you let your you know, boat out into the deep waters and let down your nets? And Peter's like, and he's thinking, you know, you're a, you're a teacher. You're a, you, you teach, you work with people, you understand people. I am a fisherman. Likely that he had been a fisherman for generations. That he and Andrew and Zebedee and his two sons, James and John, had this fishing business, which is probably a decent business in that time. And they've been fishing all night long, all night long, and now Jesus wants to go out to the deep waters and let down the nets. There's a couple, you know, problems with that in Peter's mind, at least. One, he's thinking, we've been going all day long, you know, we're just about done cleaning our nets, and we're going to have to clean them again, and I'm ready to go home, put my feet up, and just relax. Not to mention, you don't fish in the deep waters in the middle of the day. Yeah, unless you're Jesus. But, you know, Peter's like, oh, you know, all right, whatever. You know, I don't know if you've ever done that before, too. You have someone that makes a request to you, someone you love, and you're like, all right, whatever, because you want me to do it, I'll do it. Am I the only one that's guilty of doing that? Okay, this is you're like, no, no, I've done that before. Yeah, I'll do it because you, you said to do it. So he goes out there, of course, and, and, he, and he lets down the nets. And I imagine he's letting down the nets. You know, we don't have all the details of Scripture, you know, but if you ever watch like The Chosen, sometimes they kind of fill in some of the gaps that you kind of imagine what it's like. I can imagine. This is what I imagined Peter, Simon Peter was like as he's letting down the net. He's letting down the net going like, I'm going to prove you wrong, buddy. I mean, I know you've done a lot of miracles, but I'm a fisherman. I know fish. You know people. He lets down the net kind of <sighs> thinking about it. I'm going to have to clean these again. You know, this is going to be embarrassing for him. And then the next thing happens, What? I mean, the, the net is so full of fishes. Imagine his eyes are popping out of his head like, no way. 
And, and he begins to try to pull in the fish, and, and there's so many fish, he calls over, James, John, help! You know, and, and they come over, and, and both boats now are so full of fish, so weighted down. And then Simon Peter comes to this reality that this guy is more than just simply a teacher. That there's something unique, something amazing about this Jesus. And then he comes to the reality of really who he is in the presence of. And he comes face to face with his sinfulness. He says, get away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. Get away. You don't know the things that I have done. You don't know the things I've said, the thoughts that have swum around in my head and my heart. You don't know, Lord. Get away from me. See, Simon, in thinking about being willing and able, you know, he was willing and able to go out and let Jesus preach from his boat. He was able, maybe not really willing, begrudgingly willing to cast out into the deeper waters. But now he's looking at himself and he's going, I'm not able to offer you anything because I am a sinful man. You know, even as we look at our own lives, we can see our own sin and rebellion, our, our, our actions, our thoughts, our words, the things that swim in our heads and our hearts. When the Jesus says these beautiful words, and these, these really are powerful words of gospel that Jesus says to Simon Peter that I think he also speaks into our lives today. Let's read these words together. There's on two slides for us here. Jesus told Simon, don't be afraid. From now on, you will catch people instead of fish. Simon and his partners brought the boats to shore, left everything, and followed Jesus. See, Jesus is saying, Peter, it's really not about your ability. It's about my ability. It's about what I give to you in my grace. Now, now I'm going to change your whole understanding of world, your whole understanding of purpose, your whole understanding of what it means to be willing and able as you go from catching fish to catching people, from being a fisher man to being a fisher of men. That kind of leads us to a question here, I think, for us just to ponder briefly. The question is this, what does it mean as a follower of Jesus to be willing and able? What does it mean to be a follower of Jesus when we think about being willing and able, especially when we talk about what we have to share? Not just our, our money, but, but everything we have to share, everything we have to, to give. As we do that, there, you know, we're going to do a little time, just again, reflection here, time to kind of do a little self-evaluation. And I've got five kind of you know, categories we'll have in just a moment of maybe where you're at on a spectrum of thinking about money. And, you know... And as you do that, too, you might realize that, well, I was at one spot and I was at another. Again, I went to the grocery store yesterday, spent nearly $90 for groceries, and I went, I didn't get a whole lot. At least what I thought I did two years ago, you know? You know, but that, that, those things help us wrestle through our, our willingness and our ability to share the resources God has given us and how we also spend and save in those resources. Really quick here. So here's kind of where your mindset is at when it comes to money. Thinking about, again, about being one in four Americans or 94% of Americans where it stresses us out. Here's number one. Let's see if you fall into this category. 
I'm not making enough to make ends meet. You don't have to raise your hand, you know, and there's no judgment here wherever you're at. But maybe you say, yeah, that's me. I'm not making enough to make ends meet. All right, here's our next one. I'm struggling to keep up with the day-to-day expenses. So maybe a little bit more than making, you know, not making ends meet, struggling, but I'm, I'm doing it. Third category would be this one here on this spectrum. I'm able to make ends meet. Or maybe that's where I'm at. I don't have much more to save or share, but I, I'm able to make ends meet. Fourth one on this spectrum is this. I'm able to make ends meet with a little left over. Of course, some of us were like, yeah, that would be nice. But some of us were like, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. And then, then the final and this, the spectrum is this here. I have more than I need for myself and my family. So to kind of summarize all five of these, we can kind of put these up here again. So you can just, again, do a little self-evaluation. Is you know, on this spectrum here, and again, no judgment on wherever you are at, just for you to kind of think about personally, is are you on the spectrum of, you know, I um, can't make ends meet, you know, I'm struggling to make ends meet. I'm making ends meet. I have a little left over or I have more than enough. You know, and, and this is just something, again, for us to ponder as we think about, you know, as God calls Simon Peter and he, as he calls Andrew and James and John, and he calls them to leave behind what they have. He calls them both in a willingness and ability to follow him. And not just with their financial resources, really with their lives. And Jesus calls us to follow him, to trust him. With all that we have and all that we are. You know, so if we're going to talk about growing in Jesus and sharing his love, that means growing in Jesus is is growing in the love that he has for us. It's growing in the understanding of what it means to be loved by him. Again, think of the words that Jesus said to Peter. These are words of gospel. Because Jesus didn't say, yeah, you're right, Peter. You are a sinful man. I can't use you. He said, from now on, you're going to catch people. In those words, though they're not directly there, but embedded, saturated in those words, the words, Peter, I forgive you. You are forgiven. And it is, your, it is my grace, my grace for you, that ultimately will shape your willingness and your ability to serve and to share. Because as we talk about, you know, being, growing in Jesus and sharing his love, that's part of how we share his love. And again, it's not just our financial resources. It's all the resources that God gives to us that he's given to you. All right, so for those of you who have been eager and anxious for that card, go ahead and pull that card out. I, there may be some pencils or pens in the pews. You may have some in your purse. You may do like you do on an airplane if you've been on an international flight before and suddenly you're getting ready to land and they give you the little papers you have to fill out for um, customs and you start looking around for someone who has a pen. Or if you had the pen, you're like, I've got one. Please, can I have it back? You're like, yeah, that's never going to come back again. Um, but, but here's what I want you to do. And I, what we're going to do is we're going to just reflect on this throughout this entire series. Again, this is not, a, we're not going to judge you about what you're saving or spending or sharing. We're just helping us think through our relationship with money and our relationship with God and our willingness and our ability, ability, ableness, ableness, there we go. A new word, ableness. Our willingness and our ableness. So here's what you do. Just take a look at the card here. If you don't have any circle, you can just remember. But bring this card back. We'll have more if you forget it next week. And see if you change in your, you know, where you're at in this here. But circle how willing you are to share. Again, this is personal. You don't have to share it. I'm not going to come check your cards. You know, you can say, Juan, I'm just not willing right now. 
And it's no jump if you pit one. And it's, it's, we're not going to give you any extra kudos if you say five. This is you and God thinking this through. How willing are you to share the resources God has for you? Because sometimes, like, you know, a missionary, you know, may be very willing to go overseas and serve. You know, Chelsea, you know, as a missionary from our congregation, very willing to go over and serve. But her ability to afford that entire service on her own is not going to happen. And as much as dad loves Chelsea, dad's not going to finance the whole thing. It, it comes through, you know, the generosity of others who enable her to go. Or you think of, like, the, the rich young ruler, if you're familiar with that story. He's a guy who had everything. He's like, Jesus, I, I've done all these great things. I will follow you. You are so awesome. Jesus says, you've got one thing left to do. Sell everything you have and give it to the poor. He was able because he had so much, but he wasn't willing. So again, where are you at as you think about yourself and your willingness? Again, this is just you and, and God thinking this through. And the same is your ableness. Circle how able you are to share. You might say, yeah, I, I would love to share right now, you know, my time or, or with my, my, my finances, but I just can't right now. Life is super busy. Or, you know, when you ask, like, am I making ends meet? I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm overwhelmed right now. And I just don't have a lot. Or you might say, you know what? You know, I, I really do have a lot. I, I'm on that other spectrum. But maybe, maybe I need to reflect more on my willingness to share. That I share from the abundance God has given me, especially the abundance of his grace and love for us in Jesus. As we go through this series, I'm going to just ask you to keep two things in mind here. One is you come here with open-minded humility. Because in the area of God, and money is just something all of us continue to grow in. It's not just like, hey, I got it down. I'm good now um, from this day going forward. Because I can tell you I'm back and forth in my willingness and ability at times. But also come to support and encourage one another. I mean, some of us may have it more together than others. Some of us may be struggling a lot right now. And so we come together because we say, again, we are gathering people, striving to act like a family committed to serving in love. And so we're also committed to that serving, that growing together in love as we explore what it means to be in relationship to God and money, and most especially in relationship to the God who gives us his grace in Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of your amazing grace. Lord, as we saw you talking to Simon Peter, who is so troubled by his sinfulness, who came face to face with the reality of who he was before and no longer saw that he had the ability to serve you, to share with others the resources you've given. So Lord, you spoke to him words of grace. Lord, speak those words of grace into our life. And help us, Lord, as the Spirit works in us, just help us to reflect in that relationship we have with you and, and money. Not in a way that just nearly smashes us down, but in a way that encourages us to grow, to grow in your love for us, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. For more information about Holy Savior, including service times and location, please visit holysavior.org. Thanks for listening, and until next time, God bless.